It's a high drive center field. Beerling's back. This game is turned upside down. Pulls it to the air. It's deep to left. Taylor back at the wall at 700. Hello and welcome to Swing for Contacts Baseball Podcast. It is March 17th, 2023, and we have some spring training updates and WBC news. So far, Japan has remained undefeated. Is there anyone in the bracket who can slay the beast in the East? What's your immediate takes on Japan baseball right now? I'll go first. Um, I don't I don't think so after the way they've been playing. I don't think I've been able to watch all of their games, but I've been watching. I watched... I think when they played Korea, um, I had it on in class, I think, or something like that. And uh, it's just like the way, the chemistry and the way they play together, I don't think there's anybody that's going to knock them off. I think they're going to win the whole thing now, honestly. So, Aiden? Uh, kind of touched on it after pool play. They, they don't only have probably some of the best talent right now to keep up with anyone. They obviously have the best chemistry. It's not even close. Uh, unless these other teams can kind of get it together, it will be Japan winning it. Uh, they've got are obviously the best pitching. They've got some of the best bats. Teams like USA, I feel like the only chance they have is if whenever they get to face them, they face them with their best pitcher. And right now, US, I know USA doesn't really know what that is. I think it's Lance Lynn, but we'll see what, they and others think. Yeah, and then you've got guys like, uh, you know, country sensation now, Lars Newtbar, who has his own line of noodles and some Japanese noodle shops yep. uh, with you got eight-year-old kids in the stands doing the pepper shaker. Uh, so Japan baseball right now is kind of flying high, and um, they're currently probably my favorite as, as this thing has gone on to... I remain undefeated and just run the table the rest of the way. I don't, I don't know that anybody else has the, the arms and the bats to, to really match up with them at this time. I think the team USA lineup can keep up with their yeah, lineup. The okay, yeah. but I don't know if we're going to have the pitching to match them inning for inning. If we have a big inning and then be able to put a stop to their beginning. I don't know if we have that right now. Um, I will say this, uh, Jeff McNeil and Pete Alonso do not need to play another at bat. I was just talking to Remy about that when we were prepping for the podcast today. Pete Alonso, golly, man. He's been terrible. I know. Uh, he's been bad. Uh, Mookie's a funny one to start it off with, knowing that he usually starts off the year really slow. Uh, I like. Trout, Trout finally got together, and he's been mashing. Yeah, Trout's uh, got a one-dot OPS right now. Yeah. Arenado and Goldschmidt are doing their thing. Tim Anderson came in and was, was doing pretty good. Yeah, they had TA7 rocking at second base for a game, too. Yeah. And, uh, he's never played that spot before, apparently. Never. And so, you know, he, he tripped over himself his first throw from second to first, which was pretty funny, but uh, yeah, they made a, he's just a, a baller. Players. That last game, Trey made 
a pretty brutal one at short. They ended up tying the game. Yeah, so right now, you know, trying to figure out where Team USA fits outside of the lineup. I mean, we know the lineup can hit when they're when they're right, but if the lineup's not right on on a day, then it's potentially really bad because there's not really a true stopper right now for Team USA, it seems. Yep. Um but let's uh let's shift gears over to uh Puerto Rico who's had some highs and lows, man. They you know, going into before the Dominican game, they pitched a perfect game, like a, a a four pitch four pitcher mix perfect game i believe um where you know that hasn't been done ever and then they get to the win go home game with dominican and then the edwin diaz thing right after the celebration and you know the whole just the puerto rico highs and lows for the full full play going into the bracket play uh man it's it's been a, a wild roller coaster ride for them uh what's your did you guys get to watch any of that perfect game i don't i, I watched I did. sorry oh what'd you say uh, i said i don't i don't think i got to watch it i think i like i was seeing uh like posts about it on twitter and stuff like that and i've been reading up on it but i don't think i actually got to sit there and like watch it yeah, unfortunately, I was out on the road and uh, I had to catch the highlights when I got back. So, um, obviously, you know, anytime you can get a, a shutout going in and full play for WBC is a crazy. Then you throw a no hitter into it, and then you throw a perfect game into it. And it's just um, stuff like that doesn't happen, right? That's that's kind of yeah. once in a lifetime type situations, and so. Uh, you know, obviously those guys that did that for team PR is going to remember that probably forever. Um, Martin Maldonado just adds another crazy catching statistic to his baseball career. Uh, they get matched up with the DR for the whoever wins moves on game. Uh, Puerto Rico jumps on them pretty early. Uh, Francisco Lindor gets that little kid uh inside the park home run with the ball that Julio misplays in center. Uh the next inning Julio makes the diving catch in left center that's full extension uh to his arm side. Uh kind of a crazy game back and forth. Juan Soto hits that uh 420 foot nuke, 440 foot nuke, whatever however deep it was, uh just dead center field. Um but obviously the end of the game is where all the storylines were. Uh Edwin Diaz goes down in the injury or in the celebration with an injury to his leg. Uh, there's a, a moment in that kind of panic when they're trying to get him off the field where they pick him up and immediately like you can see in his eyes, like his knee like kind of folds down. Uh, to me, that was like immediate. Like I, I didn't think ACL at that point. I was thinking kneecap, a break in the knee. There was a patellar issue. There was something along those lines because that shelf test usually kind of is the the dead giveaway for stuff like that. And so, um, you know, Edwin Diaz goes down, going to need surgery on the patellar tendon, probably 10 months, eight to 10 months. Um, yeah. What's the, uh, what's the verdict on Puerto Rico and what's your thoughts on Edwin? Um, you want to go first down? Yeah, I got it. Sorry. Um, I honestly, 
I, it, you hate to see it with anybody, man. It could be a Yankees player, and y'all know how much I hate the Yankees, and it's, you never want to see, especially somebody of that caliber that holds a lot of, like, you know, attention in the league and whatnot. Um, you just hate to see it. You never want to see anybody go down like that. Um, and I think, you know, the WBC, it's a fun thing, and I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, well, MLB players don't need to play in it. That's a touchy subject, but I'm not going to be that guy. Uh, but, I mean, because at the end of the day, it is a player's choice. And uh, so I, I agree. I, I, I am for MLB players being in the WBC. I think it makes it a lot more fun than if they were not. Um, but the thing I kind of sat with is, like, how is this going to affect the Mets? The Mets in general and the Mets bullpen. Uh, I was doing – I was looking on risingapple.com. And uh, it said that the Mets were 10th ranked bullpen according to ERA last year, uh, coming in at 355. Um, and I know Diaz was a big part of that. And so, like, the main question is, does this affect the Mets uh, run to get a World Series this year as bad as we think it will? Or will other people, like, step in and, you know, uh, fill his shoes, if you will? But for me... Yeah, like I said, I keep repeating myself, but you hate to see it. Um, I hope he has a speedy recovery and uh, gets back soon. So. Aiden, go ahead. Uh, so, big thing I've touched on in some of our podcasts are the teams now that are kind of dominating and end up winning the World Series, they've all got one thing in common, and it's usually a pretty dominant bullpen. Take Edwin Diaz out of the Mets bullpen, they're not as dominant. They're not really that dominant. And uh, seeing him get hurt, especially after that career breakout year, I mean, a year or so ago, Mets fans were calling for him to be off the team. Now he gets injured doing something he loves for his country, and I, it, it really hampers the Mets' chances, man. Uh, hate to see it. He just got paid. I don't I, – I asked the question on the Instagram because I wanted to kind of see what everyone else thought. I don't think it really affects players uh, coming and playing in the WBC. If you look at uh, the NBA, Paul George snapped his leg in like 2013. Next year they had they had the event. He came back and played, and so did min- many other stars. I don't think it really affects it uh, more than like injuries already have affected it. But it really sucks to see, especially – Especially when it was coming in such a happy moment. I mean, they were celebrating. They weren't even playing, man. Right. It's one of those things. It's like you can walk outside and get hit by a bus, right? Like it, it, yeah. at any time, something bad can happen. And so, uh, yeah, it, obviously it sucks for Edwin. It sucks for the Mets. It sucks for Puerto Rico. It sucks for everybody involved. Um, I think it'd be really cool if Puerto Rico kind of rallies around this thing and tries to go in and, and takes over the tournament. Maybe little brother, little little trumpet goes in and he starts closing out some games for Puerto Rico to get into bracket play here. Dude, um, he was sneaky good on the Reds last year. Yeah. He, he's really good, man. Like there, it runs in that family. They're, they're dominant players. Uh, you know, you mentioned the dominant bullpen with the Mets and you take him out. They're not as dominant and there's no doubt about that, but you know, they did bring in a couple guys that do have playoff experience that, that have closed games before. Um, that signing for David Robertson from the Phillies now is a very good signing for the Mets because now that's a guy that has closed a lot of baseball games, who's closed playoff games, who's closed World Series games. And so, you know, is he Edwin Diaz? 
no, he's not. He's not current Edwin Diaz. Um, it's not prime David Robertson, but he's been there. He's done that, and he still has electric type of stuff. And so, uh, you know, I, it does hamper their chances. Um, I'm not willing to say they're out of it, but uh, they definitely need some things to go right at some point for them, especially down the stretch. Uh, which right now. They're they're going through it because Jose Quintana has the injury issue with his ribs. Uh, Kodai Senga had to be scratched from a start. I think he's probably being ramped up to go. Um, I think he's going to make his next start is supposed to be on time, but still being scratched. Like they had three pitchers in three days that had like an injury headline, uh, and so. Uh, man, it's rough. It's rough out there. And uh, between Edwin, Jose, and Kodai, you know, it's, and then you're relying on guys like Scherzer and Verlander who have been doing it forever, but uh, are, you know, they're not spry spring chickens anymore. They're, they're kind of elder statesmen at this point in baseball world. And so you kind of wonder what the, the long term health outlook is for the Mets pitching, if, uh, especially if things kind of keep going the way they are. For sure. Uh, but let's uh, let's talk about something fun and happy for a second. Uh, there's a, a great story out of Nicaragua. Uh, they had a pitcher in the WBC who 21 year old that no one had ever heard of. Um, I'm going to try to guess the name. I don't I've heard the pronunciation, but not entirely sure what it is exactly. Um, I'm going to guess Duque Hebert. H-E-B-B-E-R-T. Uh, he signs a contract with the Detroit Tigers after striking out a trio of all-stars, strikes out Juan Soto, Julio Rodriguez, and Rafael Devers in sequence. And then an hour after the game gets uh, contacted by a scout from the Tigers that were in the stands and has now signed a, a minor league deal, a prospect deal to join the Tigers. Was it uh, the Tigers or the Royals? Tigers is what I have. Dang. Uh, so yeah. congratulations um, to uh, the Duque. Uh, if I'm saying your name wrong, I apologize, but that's obviously a, a huge story coming out and, and talk about getting your going from zero to hero. Like that's a big thing for Nicaragua. That's a big thing for you as a person. Um, I'm, I'm just imagine going into a stadium and seeing Juan Soto, Julio and Devers as your three getting three strikeouts. And uh, the celebration that ensues. It's crazy. That's what baseball's all about, man. I love it. I saw that. It put a big smile on my face. And the picture with him and the baseball in his Nicaragua jersey on Twitter, it was awesome. I'm very happy for him. I hope he makes it big. Yeah, that'd be awesome. There were a couple of feel-good stories coming out. Uh, That one guy for... The Czech Republic striking out Otani without throwing a pitch over 79 miles an hour. Yep. <laughs> uh, the Japan player that gave a bag of candy to the Czech Republic player because he hit him with a 100-mile-per-hour fastball. Yeah, I was, was going to go there next. Yeah, that's a good one. There, <laughs> there were some, some really funny ones coming out. Uh, 
and then Otani, there's a picture of him coming into the Miami airport today, and he's got a Czech Republic hat on for <laughs> from one of the teams. And uh, you know, just the WBC's awesome, man. They just uh they do a great job of of promoting other countries and promoting players that you've there's no way you've ever even thought of hearing about. Um, you know, Team Italy making it as far as they did, and Mike Piazza sitting in there with his nineteen nineties uh goatee mustache. Uh and you know it's just it's it's fun man and i i don't think that the people that are slamming the wbc and whatnot and you know obviously the, the stuff with edwin's hard like we all know it's hard uh but the people that are slamming the wbc i think are way out of line i don't think they they really understand what it means to for some of these places and some of these countries and some of these players um you know i never would get to see duque strike out juan soto and get a contract with the Tigers and get a chance for him to, you know, fulfill maybe a lifelong journey, lifelong dream of being a professional baseball player without the WBC. And so yeah. I think it just grows the game. I think it's it's great for countries like Great Britain. It's great for countries like Nicaragua, like Italy, that are trying to get more of an international presence that just brings in more talent to baseball. Uh, you know, I, I heard somebody mention, like, if it wasn't for the Olympic basketball teams, like would we have a Dirk Nowitzki in the NBA? Uh, if you, you know, if you didn't have some of those international playoffs, those international tournaments with team USA and having Michael Jordan play in, in the nineties and, and whatnot for a gold medal, like does that, does that hamper the NBA's growth internationally? You know, do you get a joker in the NBA today without some of that international play? Um, and you know, there's, there's a ton of guys, Giannis and, and everyone that are stars in the NBA right now. Uh, do you get those guys in our country playing NBA at the highest level, basketball, at the highest level without the international presence that we had in the nineties and the early two thousands. So I think, uh, from a growth perspective, it's, it's great for, for baseball, what, what's going on right now. And all eyes are on it and so i think it's great i can't wait for the next one even though this one's not over yet i'm already kind of like okay when's the next one going to be it's going to be this time okay i'm gonna make sure i mark off like try to make me go to a couple of these games next time that's a great point i totally agree with you all right well let's uh let's get out of wbc for a minute we've uh we've spent a lot of time there uh let's go a couple of Camp news. Uh, I do. I would like to start that off somewhere, actually. Okay, go for it. So uh, we know DeGrom got that. Uh, it was double A AA or triple A start the other day. He is now marked in to start this Sunday, his first spring training game. Unfortunately, the game will not be broadcasted live. Go figure. So, oh, man. Really good news for Rangers fans. Really bad news for Rangers fans. Y'all just want to watch him. I do really want to watch him. Well, hopefully he'll get your opening day start and uh, you'll be able to watch him then. Yep. Uh, and then getting their spring training back in. So another fun one for like out of the Houston camp today. Uh, like Pena was on the team, Dominican team, uh, mm-hmm. who didn't really get a whole lot of a run, especially those last few games. But he comes in today and goes three for three with two home runs and his first day back in spring training. Like, oh, okay, well, I guess 
some of these dudes they can ramp up in the WBC and get at bats and and get ready to play without being in spring training. So uh, there's a well, there's a many there's more than one way to skin a cat, and so you probably could have thrown sliders to like seven of the nine Dominican Republic players, and they were all swinging and striking out at them. They were hacking. They were hacking they away. Have, they didn't have a lot of the uh, you know walk high walk rate guys. I didn't think other than Juan Soto. Uh, and then fun news for Diamondback fans that got a taste of Corbin Carroll. Uh, obviously, he signed a pretty massive extension. Uh, Noah, what was that? You you made a, a comment before we got started about his uh, contract. Oh, yeah. Uh, so according to SI.com, um, it says that it's a record-breaking extension for a player with less than 100 days of service time. Uh, he ha- only has 32 big league games under his belt. So, yeah, the D-backs are putting a lot of freaking trust into this guy. So Carroll signs at a $111 million deal over eight years um, who has 32 games of service time. Is that what you said? 32 games? Yes. Yeah. And so, uh, obviously, that's a massive amount of trust being put his way. There is a club option, I believe, at the very end of it. Um, it kind of scales as... Kind of a, a normal scaling system is is, is pretty backloaded um, as he kind of develops and matures. I'm sure, but uh, yeah, committing eight years to a guy with less than fifty games is a that's quite quite the endorsement. And so, obviously, they think he's going to be the dude for them in their outfield going forward for a long time. Um, I'm sure they're. We we talked earlier about the Diamondbacks having framed like a a window for being good and it's not maybe not yet but it's coming because of the the way they've built up their farm and they've built up their prospects and they've got some young talent like this kid uh but yeah for for this guy to get an eight-year extension uh in year one basically that's pretty telling how much they they believe in him so here's my thing on it every everything i've seen from corbin is really good like he he should be a really dang good player in the MLB. And there's there's no salary cap in the MLB. So you know what? Go pay your guy. Him, give him that money. Yeah. Yeah. If he, he doesn't work out, you have another Bobby Manila case. Who cares? Like, sure. The only the only bad thing that comes from that, in my opinion, is just the embarrassment of having that post come every year. Talking about how you signed this guy to a big contract and now you're paying him a couple million every year. Because, like, it's just... They're millionaires. It's just money, man. It's just money. I, at the end of the day, these, these owners and GMs, they're just throwing around money. It's all it's all that it really is. Like, uh, I think he's... So he made the league minimum last year, which was about seven hundred or $700,000 uh, on his major league contract. And he'll jump up to a million salary t- this year, along with his signing bonus of five million. So he'll he'll probably cap around six million dollars cash value this year. Um, and then his luxury tax hit. You know, I'll I'll be doing an extended video on on him pretty soon. I think to kind of going through the full numbers, but basically he he kind of escalates up from one to three to five to eleven, and then he jumps up to like twenty eight. The last couple from what I saw, I just kind of took a quick glance at it. Um, but yeah, like if, if you've got a guy that you believe in and you want to lock him up, lock him up, like make sure he's not going anywhere. You've got him for the, you've got him till he's 32 now, essentially, I think is the age. So, uh, you're, 
securing him through his growth years, through his prime years, and you're not risking him falling off the face of the earth talent wise at 32. Um, you know, you got guys that are signing to 41 right now. So you got him and you want him, get him. I'm all for it. Heck yeah. Uh, some other injury news. Uh, a big one again coming out of the Astros camp. Alvarez, Jordan Alvarez is starting to swing the bat more for the first time this spring. He has yet to make his uh, spring training like in game debut, but he's been swinging uh, more and more from the cages. Uh, one of the, you know, widely regarded as one of the best pure hitters in baseball right now, not having him take a actual pitch yet. Uh, a little concerning, but everyone still says that he's going to be ready come opening day so i guess that's all you can really ask for out of a guy like that um is there been any news outside of Degrom and rangers camp injury wise injury injury i mean eovaldi had the same injury but he's now back throwing in a spring training game today uh i don't really know injury wise yeah uh, you've had like this pitcher's feeling stiffness in his arm. He's sore today. We're going to sit him. And like everybody makes a big deal about it. Uh, that's one been one annoying thing for me that I've seen coming out of the Rangers camp. But just like here and there, like I know John Gray had a little bit of stiffness there for a little bit, but then he went and showed out the other day. So, I mean, coming out of the Rangers camp, I don't really think there's anybody, anybody else that's – so. We've had a lot of positives, really. Uh Evan Carter could could eat could make the jump from what oh, I'm yeah. seeing. Like they're saying that he's he's close. They say he's got yeah. the confidence of a big leaguer, all that. Yeah, Bochi. Uh, uh, there's a video of Bruce Bochi talking about him. He's a really big Evan Carter fan. So we'll see how that goes. So we could see him come fight for that outfield spot, which I think Grossman has kind of taken. His bat has been really good so far, and I know they like him. Uh. I, I, I really want to see Justin Foskey get some time up this year. He's looked really solid. But that's about all the news we've got in Rangers camp. Fair enough. Spring is always a weird time for, for news and updates because sometimes you're just like, guys, this is not a story at all. Like, just calm down. And some sometimes it's like, oh, this could be a big deal. Yeah. Uh, kind of like the Carlos Rodon thing with the Yankees. Like, is it a big deal or not? I, I still don't know. Like... Uh, who's going to be playing center field for them with Harrison Bader going out with the oblique injury? Like, I don't know. Like, there's there's a ton of I, judge moved to center for a while. Are they going to bring Peraza to play center and move Hicks to center? Play Peraza and left or like I don't I don't know. Like, there's there's so many things that until you get closer to to opening day, you don't really know. I know they just sent down Jason Dominguez in yeah. in Yankee Land, so like. Dude, he was, he's he not was crunching. Yeah, oh, I, was, like, I, was, I was just about to bring that up, actually. Uh, it says in 11 games, he's 10 for 22, so 455 batting average, four home runs, a double, nine RBIs, a steal, and uh, three walks and three strikeouts. And he's only 20. And so I, I'm reading here that Aaron Boone uh, said that he doesn't plan on sending him down a lot more. So we're probably going to get to see Jason Dominguez, Dominguez uh, play up a little bit more. So. Yeah, I'd expect to see him at some point this during the spring before it gets to summer, even potentially. Like, I think uh, the Yankees are probably one or two moves away from needing him potentially. Uh, yeah. 
him or I Volpe, know. one of the two is going to be up at some point pretty early, I think. We may see Volpe up uh, by the start. I know they, they really want him up, especially the fans. Uh, what else was it? Oh, the Rodon thing. Either We're either in a week going to hear he's out for the year or he's going to be pitching in April. For I sure. Mean, yeah. It's no in between. We'll see what happens there. It would be a huge knock on the Yankees. I mean, the DeGrom, I mean, not the, not DeGrom, the judge thing, that was kind of like, okay, that's, that's like really good. You really need to retain judge. Don't lose him. And then you get Rodon and you're like, they're a step ahead of they where they were last year. Like they can win the whole thing. You lose Rodon, you're losing arguably an ace in that bull. They're not in the bullpen in that lineup because I think that him and Cole are kind of right there with each other. Uh, losing Rodon's huge out there, man. Yeah, they, like, they definitely don't want to do that. We'll, we'll see soon what that comes to. Uh, at the top of the episode, I mentioned that it is March 17th, uh, which means we are officially under two weeks away from opening day. Uh, we are 13 days till March 30th, which is opening night. Uh, you're going? I'm going. I don't care if I don't have a penny in the bank. I'm going. Amen. Uh, the Rangers open up with Philadelphia, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. And so that'll be that'll be fun. The, the Astros open up with the White Sox. Uh, which is kind of funny to me because that means the first thing that Chicago White Sox fans are going to see is Jose Abreu wearing an Astros jersey to start the year, uh, which sucks for them, I think, a little bit. But uh, should be should be a fun series because the White Sox are a talented roster. We'll see if, uh, if that holds true. If they, or if they kind of fall back to some of their issues they had last year. But uh, anything before we close this thing out that... It, for opening day or opening weekend like what's what's something that you're looking for these last week or two weeks of training what's something you're looking for in the scrimmages uh, or just a, a big hey I, I would love to see this for the opening weekend like what what needs to happen uh, I I need the Grom to start that first game because I think it'd be really funny to see the Phillies who thought they were finally getting away from the Grom in the uh in a West have to play him the very first game of the season in the NL really East or NL East. My bad. I'm kind of out of it right now. Uh, love to see that happen and see us hopefully get an opening day win. Yeah. Uh, I really want to see DeGrom start on opening day. Um, I think I was reading and he said that it's, uh, it's up to them. It's up to the front office and the, and the manager. Um, Cause he says he feels like it, but then, you know, God forbid, knock on wood, he walks out there, throws six pitches, and it's like, oh, my arm hurts, and they have to pull him. Yeah, that so, would that would be uh, bad. Uh, and then I'm excited to see how this outfield thing goes for the Rangers, too. Um, like Aiden said, the uh, Robbie Grossman's probably going to get the opening day start, I believe, because he's just looking at it from spring training. He's had the most starts out in left field. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing if these like young guys can step up. Like Leody Tavares, can he step up? Can Josh Smith and Ezekiel Duran be key pieces on the bench like they were last year again? So um, I'm ready to see that. Man, I just want a winning season, dude. <laughs> I just want a winning season. That's all I'm asking out of the Rangers this year. Goal one, get back to 500. Oh, yeah. 
goal one. And then after that, worry about goal two. Warning to the West. Warning to the West. <laughs> don't don't tweet that out. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh let's start wrapping this thing up. Uh as far as WBC goes, we've got some quarterfinals action tonight. Uh semifinals will be set in stone by the end of the weekend. Uh and then we should have probably the end of that. End of the WBC should be around midweek next week, I believe. So uh pretty soon we'll have that world baseball champion crowned uh like i said earlier i think i've got japan just because of the way they've been playing uh you guys got anybody else nah i've had japan since probably game two of the tournament man usa all the way baby usa all the way let's go Give me, give me USA Japan in the finals. I'd love to see it, but I just, I mean, I, that Japan roster yeah, right now is playing ball. All right, well, uh, we'll uh, get back next time with probably a spring training wrap up, uh, a opening weekend preview the following week, and uh, then we'll be in full season mode after that, which should be fun. So, uh, get ready to be in baseball overload even more so.